The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, We're in the midst of, uh, no, we're not in the midst, we're actually starting a new series today that I'll be jumping in and out of during the summer um, until I finish it. You know, I want to take my time with it. And hopefully people can get some some really good um, breakthroughs from the information. Uh, you know, hopefully some folks will get some transformations and some psychological shifts uh, around the subject of prosperity and money. And the reason why I'm teaching this series is uh, twofold. One, I think it's always good to have a conversation around prosperity and money. And two, obviously, I want to develop it for myself. So one of the best ways as a teacher that you can learn a subject better is to teach it yourself for other people, you know, get in the midst of it, you know, pull the principles out, really start to work on what it is that you're working on. So for me, my perspective is this is a conversation that has to happen because we have taught ourselves that there are places and spaces in life where you don't bring up the conversation of money, prosperity, or abundance. You know, it's sort of like, okay, at, at work, you can talk about money somewhat, you know, when it comes to, you know, what you'll be paid, what you won't be paid, et cetera. You know, money can come up around bills. But when you start talking about just money in general, people get really uncomfortable around it. You know, you know, I've jokingly said to people many times that folks will talk about their sex lives before they'll talk about their money. You know, you'll hear people talking about all type of uh, behind the bedroom door stuff. But when you start talking about, you know, how much money you make uh, or, or have made or what you make on this deal or what you sold this for, People get rather funny how, how much you make an hour, how much you make per client, whatever. And I'm not saying that that's anybody's business, 
But I'm also saying that a lot of that other stuff that people talk about is no one's business, yet we do it. So it's important just to understand that many of us have a subconscious block when it comes to talking about prosperity and money. So much so that in religious circles, if you start talking about money too much, people start with the conversation, well, there are those ministers or insert your religious titles uh, talking about money again. They're always trying to bleed the folks out. They're always trying to, you know, get people to give more. And first of all, let me just say that there are people who actually do abuse the conversation uh, around money. But does that mean that we can't have the conversation? Are there people who who pimp out religion? Absolutely. But how is that different in the other field? Are there people who who have abused, um, you know, uh, their positions of power because of money? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we don't have the conversation. I think having the conversation allows us to get perspective because whatever we are holding on to, we get to experience in our own lives. And I think this is important and why we have to focus on it so much. Life is consciousness, and what that means is that we get the result of what we think, what we feel, what we believe, what we say, and what we do. Therefore, what I'm holding on to when it comes to money is will directly affect my life. So there are folks who have high skill and no money. There are folks who have high levels of education and no money. There are also people who have low skill and they have money and they have little to no education and they have money. You know, I, you know, I jokingly tell folks, you know, when I was a a little kid, when I was born, my grandparents had three buildings and they had their house built. And my grandfather dropped out of uh, grammar school in sixth grade because he had to take care of his siblings. His mother died when he was nine years old. And my grandmother had a basic high school education. But they had a game plan. They had intention. And and as my, as my mother used to tell me when she was on this plane of existence, that she never saw her parents work for anybody. They had a game plan. They were black entrepreneurs in Chicago in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, you know, and by the time, you know, they slowed down, they were working way later than, than most because they had properties when I, even in the eighties, when I was, uh, going through my, um, you know, elementary and high school years. And I'm sharing that because I realize now that they had, especially my grandmother, a prosperity consciousness, so far as she was concerned, she was supposed to have it. Now, did she have a total prosperity consciousness? I don't know. She was able to demonstrate at a certain level, but once she hit her limit, she, was, she wasn't able to go any further. More importantly, it became, a, it became an issue as she got older because no one, no one else was properly trained in that consciousness. I was a little too young. But anyway, uh, I ain't going to say I was too young. What I'll say is that I wasn't as interested in the subject as I am now, one, and two, just other variables, and it is what it is. 
So my my real thoughts around it has been, okay, if they were able to reach this certain level of success, starting from nothing beyond under poor, they weren't just poor, under poor in in uh, Mississippi to come to Chicago to build this life with a game plan. What type of mindset do you have to have? What type of intention do you have to have? And in the midst of Jim Crow laws, in the midst of uh, Chicago being the most segregated large city in the United States, in the midst of uh, opportunity not being presented to you just because of your ethnic background or the color of your skin, and still have a game plan. So I'm sharing this story because for me, it's always been something that I reflect on and say, okay, they were that tough and that focused to get those results. Now, I want results. and I know you want results. How tough, how resolved, how focused can you be to get the results you desire? So, The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is a book written by T. Harv Ecker. And I'm going to be teaching it for a while, and I know I just announced this, so I'm sure that many of you all won't have this book. My suggestion is that you order the book. You can order it on Amazon.com. It's like a $20 book. It's a little hardcover book. Uh, It's not in paperback, as far as I know. That being said, I think what the book does is it deals with the psychology of prosperity and money. He calls it mastering the inner game of wealth. In other words, if you want to produce different results, you have to master the inner game. And the inner game is and always will be happening in your mind. The inner game is and always will be happening in your mind. What results do you desire? First of all, let's just get clear. What are the results you desire? Because a lot of times people don't even get there. What do you want to produce in your life? You know, I was talking to one of my best friends last night, and one of the things she said was, man, I can't believe that we're almost a half halfway through this year already. What will end up happening is you, you'll surfacely wish for things. And then year after year after year after year after year after year after year, you'll just let months go by and they turn into years and years turn into decades. And you will be no closer to the financial goals, to the family goals, to the personal goals, to the health goals that you desire as you age. Now, this is not me throwing anybody that's older under the bus, but there normally ends up being a situation, a circumstance where uh, there's some things that you do that you might want to do at certain stages. For instance, you know, taking your kid to Disney World when they're 10 is a lot different than saying, hey, let's go to Disney World when they're 35 and they have kids. Now, that might be better for you. But if you wanted to take them while they were children, then you need to take them while they're children or a child, you know, or whatever. So my point is, Make sure that you're doing it and you have a game plan, not only of doing it, but when you want to do it. That's super important. So we're going to jump into the book. um, And I want to just 
get a couple of points from the introduction, and then we're going to jump in this hard. All right. He says on page two in the introduction of the book, and the introduction is who the heck is T. Harv Ecker and why should I read this book? So he kind of gives his background and how he became a successful entrepreneur, et cetera, et cetera. But he says on page two, no doubt you've read other books, listen to tapes or CDs, go on to courses and learned about numerous get rich systems, uh, be they in real estate, stock or business. But what happened for most people? Not much. They get a short blast of energy and then it's back to the status quo. Finally, there's an answer. It's simple. It's law and you're not going to circumvent it. It all comes down to this. If your subconscious financial blueprint is not set for success, nothing you learn, nothing you know, and nothing you do will make a difference. I'm going to read that again. It all comes down to this. If your subconscious financial blueprint is not set for success, nothing you learn, nothing you know, and nothing you do will make a difference. And make it, now, I really want you to get that. He's saying that everybody has a subconscious financial blueprint. And where it is set in regards to money, success, and achievement will determine what you will produce and what you want. And it doesn't make a difference what you connect yourself to if you don't change the subconscious belief, the blueprint. All right. So he goes on to say, uh, quoting the author Josh Billings on page seven, it's not what we don't know that prevents us from succeeding. It's what we know that just ain't so that is our greatest obstacle. I'm going to read it again. It's not what we do. It's not what we don't know that prevents us from succeeding. It's what we know that just ain't so. That is our greatest obstacle. So let me get one more thing out of the way as I start this series. You know, I've been a big proponent of, you know, Jesus' statement, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. This in no way, shape or form circumvents that scripture. What it does is it focuses the psychology on it because sometimes you have to isolate a thing to study it and make sure do I, do I have a larger perspective and do I really believe that if I really have this higher level of spiritual consciousness, this consciousness of the wholeness of God, this consciousness of the presence of God in which we live, move and have our being, this consciousness of God that, that the ideas of good indwell me. If I believe that, if I believe those statements, then I should also believe that I will produce fruit. But sometimes what we say we believe and what's actually happening can be two totally different things. Two totally different things. Two totally 
different things. So we're going to isolate this subject. And we can still have conversations about the spirit because spirit and money are not two separate things. We can still have conversations about religion and money or business and money or any economic framework and money and spirit. Why? Because it's all God in the sense of provision. It's all God from the standpoint of sowing and reaping. It's all God in the context of cause and effect. It's all God because God is omnipresence. Therefore, it is perfectly fine to isolate a subject and study it and master it. Because here's the thing. This is one of the things that I'm really clear about today. Nobody's an expert in everything. And sometimes it's necessary to get some extra information, some extra study, and some extra expertise around a subject. This author has proven to have the ability to produce wealth in the ethical and legal way. Now, so let's take a look at what he has to say. And as Bruce Lee would often say, absorb what is useful reject what is useless absorb what is useful reject what is useless but again i suggest you get the book and start to work on it yourself so on page nine chapter one or he calls it part one the chapter is your money blueprint and he says in the second chapter because i'm not you know i'm not reading books to people you read the book i'll teach the book That'll be our deal. You read the book, I'll teach the book. And with Amazon, for most people in the United States, getting this book is can happen in no time. I don't know what the framework as far as time is concerned outside of the United States. But for most people you can get, uh, that, that are listening to this show, you can get the book. For those that are, don't have it, what I would suggest strongly is order it. And however long it takes for you to get the book, Just follow along with the series until you can get the book and then read and catch up. Anyway, he says, consequently, just as there are outer laws of money, there must be inner laws. The outer laws includes things like business knowledge, money management, and investment strategies. These are essential. But the inner game is just as important. An analogy would be a carpenter and his tools. Having the top of the line tools is imperative, but being the top notch carpenter who masterfully uses those tools is even more critical. I have a saying, it is not enough to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. So he's basically saying that if you don't understand what's really happening, if you really don't understand what's happening with your inner beliefs, you can have the best tools. You can have all the books. You can have all the audio and video programs. You could have took the special workshop, the special class, the special seminar. You could have even gone to school for uh, economics and still be in a situation where you're not in control of your spending habits. You could, you know, uh, you could still produce massive debt because 
money is also emotional. That's it's not just logical. What we spend, how we utilize money, or, or what we do with money has a lot to do. Let me say not let me rephrase that. It has everything to do with what we believe, how we think, and what we feel. Point blank. So if you have the best tools in the world, you know, I've studied this, I've studied that. And I can tell you from from personal experience that you can have the best tools and still not produce the results you desire until you get focused and serious about the inner game of wealth. That's one of the things that that's a serious focus for me in 2019. I'm getting it. Let's get it together because I've had some of the best teachers on the planet who've been able to produce success. And personally, I want to be in a different space financially. And see, and that's me saying it legitimately. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm the guru hovering above your heads. I'm saying I have goals, I have intentions, and guess what? I got to produce these results because Johnny Coleman, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, prosperity consciousness off the charts. A Les Brown who personally told me that he's produced, this was two, three years ago, three years ago when he said that he had produced over, or let me rephrase that, he had earned, I don't know how much he has, but he has earned over $75 million as a motivational speaker, author, and trainer. This is me knowing personally the the Dr. Dennis Kimbrose, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice in the Wealth Game. All he does is study black wealth. And I can name person after person who who I've personally had relationships with, who I not have or had personal relationships with, who are beyond successful and wealthy, beyond anything that I've ever produced in my life. So having the information is not enough. You got to apply. You got to get focused and you have to change that financial blueprint. And I'm using myself as an example because I don't want you thinking like, oh, okay, well, he has all the answers. No, I'm seeking to shift. I have all the surface answers and information. And in the studying of this information and you studying the information, you can get to the place where you recognize what uh, Reverend Wells is teaching now, the book, The Big Leap by um, by Gay Hendricks which I also recommend. I might teach teach you myself once he's finished teaching it at, on on Sunday sermons. So I can, you know, just we all have our own uh, personal touches to material. But in the book, it talks about the upper limit problem. It's the same thing as T. Harv Eker's financial blueprint, that when we reach a certain level of success, we bump into our own unconscious beliefs that keep us from going past a certain stage in life. And if we really want to succeed, we have to get past our upper limit problem. All right. So so the author asks a few questions. So who are you? How do you think? What are your beliefs? What are your habits and traits? How do you feel about yourself? How confident are you in yourself? How well do you relate to others? How much do you trust others? Do you truly feel you deserve wealth? 
What is your ability ability to act in spite of fear, in spite of worry, in spite of inconvenience, in spite of discomfort? Can you act when you're not in the mood? The fact is that your character, your thinking, and your beliefs are a critical part of what determines the level of your success. Mm. The fact is that your character, your thinking, and your beliefs are a critical part, I would say the critical part, of what determines the level of your success. Because here's the thing, it's always gonna be outer stuff that's gonna interfere. You know, I love to use the analogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27. I use the scripture all the time now. Jesus says, he who hears my words and does them is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rains fell, the winds blew, and the floods came and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was built on a rock. Then he said, the man, the man who, he says, um, the man who hears, uh, the, the man who hears my words and does not do them, or the foolish man is like a man who built his house on sand. The rains fell, the winds blew, the floods came and beat on that house. And great was the fall. And I always tell people, Jesus didn't say if, he said when. Not if, when. Not if, when. There will always be outer circumstances that will not be favorable. Stuff happens. Diagnoses and prognosis has happened to you or to someone that you love. People make their transition. People split up relationships, divorces, etc. Children decide not to act the way they need to act according to your position. It's always something. Who are you in spite of all of those things? If you can't maintain your wealth consciousness, your peace consciousness, your love consciousness, your health consciousness in the midst of the storm, then the storm blows you away. Because it's not a matter of if. It's only when. So if you're in your emotions and now you can't talk about money. If you're in your emotions and you can't talk about your relationship. If you're in your emotions and you can't talk about your career, then you can't succeed when you need to succeed because there will always be something that shows up. And the thing that stops you will always be the thing that stops you. What's stopping you? Where it's almost time for our break. So, um, you know, we're going to come back and we're going to really drill down on a few serious points. Again, I'm going to take my time with this book. I'll probably teach this first chapter this week and next week. And, um, you know, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get into our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Experts say picking up a pen and paper and writing things down can have some amazing benefits. Spark some creativity by sketching, doodling, and writing down what you want in life with a set of Unity Inspiration Notepads. They come in three inspirational designs with themes of gratitude, intention setting, and visualization. These are great tools to keep on your desk and use every day. Just $12.99 for a set of three. Pick up yours today at unityonline.org shop. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear their beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. Call today, 816-969-2000. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I have a quick commercial. Let me just say what I always let you know every episode. This show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. My request is that you go to unityonlineradio.org or the shortcut unity.fm. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that is all over the world. You know, just by myself, I am in you know, connecting with people in multiple continents. 
obviously different countries and it's important that this message gets out there because there's a, there are a lot of places where a person just can't readily go and find this type of information in their area. There are no new thought churches. There's no progressive spirituality centers in their country. And it's important to know that obviously we have to do a better job of getting it out there. But in the meantime, let's make sure that we support what we uh, believe in. And if you believe in this message and it's supporting you, then my suggestion is that you support it. I also want you to um, check out Christ Universal Temple online. You can go on our website and or our Christ Universal digital app and watch our live stream Sunday mornings, 1030 a.m. to 12 noon at at um, you know, at Central Time. I was trying to think of the time. Central Time. And it's also important that you check out the app. You can go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and download the Christ Universal Digital app. And what it'll do is give you access, for instance, to right now we're having some free archives of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Uh, eventually, we're going to be doing some other things that will allow people to pay at a minimal cost Uh to have access to um, her, her audio archives. So, you know, that's coming down the pike. So you want to make sure that you have the CUT website. You can go, I mean, CUT app, CUT digital app. You can also, again, go to the Christ Universal Temple website at www.cutemple.org. That's CU, the word temple.org, and get more information on watching the, uh, the service online or getting other information you feel as though you might need. You can also check out our YouTube page at CU Temple. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you put in the search engine CU Temple, you'll be able to access a back catalog of myself, obviously, uh, Reverend Wells, who's senior minister, so it's primarily him, and guest speakers and other things of that nature, music, all type of stuff. And... For those who want to watch the live stream directly, that's another way in which you can do it on at 1030 on Sunday mornings, Central Time. You can plug into the app, I mean, excuse me, to YouTube and do what you need to do. Panorama of Truth, which is the conference for the Universal Foundation for Better Living, is coming up. And it's from July 17th to the 21st in downtown Miami. You can go to UFBL.org. To get more information, if you're showing up, go to the True Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell Facebook page and let me know that you're showing up so I can make sure that I see your face. If you're a listener, I want to know who you are. Um, also, the International New Thought Alliance uh, Annual Congress is in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm one of the speakers there, and that's from July 22nd until the 25th. So... We want to make sure that you have the best opportunity to be exposed to this material. Again, you know, the Facebook page, plug in, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. The, that inbox is the easiest way to get in contact with me. And if you're listening, if you are on Facebook, my request is that you give the show a five-star rating and write a positive review and do the same on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, if you listen to it on Stitcher. So I've got the commercials out of the way. 
So let's get back to it and do what we got to do. So he goes on to say on page 10, he quotes Stuart Wilde, who was the success and uh, metaphysical teacher in the 80s. He wrote, the key to success is to raise your own energy. When you do, people will naturally be attracted to you. And when they show up, bill them. Now, that's a funny statement, but it has it has some real truth to it. The key to success is to raise your own energy. When you do, people will naturally be attracted to you. And when they show up, bill them. Now, what that's basically saying is know your worth. And one of the things that I've noticed throughout my years in ministry on a personal note is, you know, I tend to automatically go into coaching mode, counseling mode with people almost immediately. Consulting mode. I'm talking to somebody who runs a church or who runs a business or who runs or whatever. And I would just drop gems consistently. What I realizing that what I'm giving is exceptionally valuable. Now, I'm not saying there's never a time not to help your friends and all the other stuff. I'm not saying those things. What I am saying is maybe we can get to the space to where when we work together, we can take care of each other as friends, as colleagues, et cetera. So when I have a skill that my friends need, I can I can plug in. If I choose to charge them without, you know, uh, charge them less or whatever, that's my prerogative. But, hey, this is a skill. See, the thing about intellectual property that is different than than doing sometimes physical work is sometimes people don't automatically see the value. But information is exceptionally valuable. So I'm going to give an example. I'm going to use one, one of my best friends as a bricklayer. It's easy to be able to see what he does. Matter of fact, he was one of the main people who helped build our meditation garden at Christ Universal Temple. He was, you know... You know, he was on it. In other words, he, he made sure that it was solid and did what he needed to do. Now, it's, that's a tangible thing he built. And he builds tangible stuff, buildings and et cetera, and remodeling Soldier Field, part of that team, and, and airports and all different type of things that require bricklayers of high level, that have a high level of skill. Now, My intellectual property might not be tangible, but it's just as important as something that's physical because it will produce physical results so much so that it's possible that I could devalue what's coming out of my mouth because I don't see the direct result like I see somebody building something like a building. But it's but. Don't devalue your information. Some of you all that are listening to me right now could be coaches, consultants, trainers, leaders of people just because of your knowledge base. And that you and you so freely share it with people, you might not even realize how valuable it is. But when your money blueprint is not set to success, you won't monetize it. And I get that. Give it away. I get that. I'm not saying that there are not times where you don't give it away. I'm not saying that that should not be the case. What I am saying is this. Monetize it. 
Jesus even said a laborer is worthy of his pay. So if you have a skill, if you have the ability to get stuff done, then why shouldn't it be monetized? I always tell people, you know, that, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine one day and he said something that was so profound. It shifted me. This was some years ago. He said to me, I don't get paid to work hours. I get paid to produce results. And I was like, oh, see, because at times, you know, people think that, okay, well, well, it's automatically tied into the the, the ball and chain of the hours of the, in, in a particular location. And that might be your job, quote unquote, to be in this place producing these results at this time. I'm not discounting that. But if you don't produce results, it don't make a difference if you are literally chained to the desk. You're paid to produce a certain result, an expected result. Now, it's no different in any other field. It's about the results. Your ability to produce results in certain fields is directly connected with your ability to produce wealth. Point blank. Point blank. But here's the thing. There will be people who will allow you to produce well, produce results for them that won't pay you accordingly if you don't know who you are and you don't know how valuable you are to that organization or to that boss. And, which means you ha- possibly might have to make different choices. Because if somebody could get paid while you get nothing or you get little, then guess what? They will do it. Not everybody's going to be so righteous to say, you know what? You made me an extra $300,000 in the last quarter. Here's 30000 for you. It's just something to think about. It's just something to think about. All right. So T. Harv Ecker goes on to say, your income can grow only to the extent you do. Your income can grow only to the extent you do. Now, grow does not only mean that you're doing the outwards growing. He's talking about the inner game of wealth. So he goes on to say, Have you heard of people who have blown up financially? Have you noticed how some people have a lot of money and then lose it or have excellent opportunities start well but then go sour on them? Now you know the real cause. On the outside, it looks like bad luck, a downturn in the economy, a lousy partner, whatever. On the inside, however, it's another matter. That's why if you come into big money when you're not ready for it on the inside – The chances are your wealth will be short-lived and you will lose it. He gives the example of lottery winners who get all this money and then they lose it. And then the difference between a person who has a prosperity consciousness. So he goes on to say, he said, the reality, bottom of page 11, the reality is that most people do not reach their full potential. Most people are not successful. 
Research shows that 80% of individuals will never be financially free in the way they would like to be. And 80% will never claim to be truly happy. The reason is simple. Most people are unconscious. They are at they are a little asleep at the wheel. They work and think on a superficial level of life based only on what they can see. They live strictly in the visible world. So he's really drilling down on this mindset. If you want to have a different money blueprint, you have to really drill down on what you believe and why and start to look at the results you've produced in the past. Let me let me speak very plainly. How quickly does money leave your wallet, your purse, your bank account? The moment you get it, how fast does it go? Does it go rather than that goes? How fast does it leave you? Some people, as soon as they get something, they're thinking about how to spend it, how to get rid of it. The moment they get it, then they're talking about, oh, man, let me pay down this debt. Let me put some stuff aside for savings, for an emergency fund. Let me put stuff aside for investment. Let me, you know, I'm not saying don't do anything nice with your money. Buy yourself nice stuff and clothes and whatever. But some folks just, they go all out. You know, every time I hear about, you know, some entertainer or rapper, you know, got robbed and they stole $250,000 worth of jewelry, like, that person literally could have had a quarter of a million dollars worth of money in in mutual funds or or real estate or other type of investments and they're just spending it on jewelry and Twelve cars, and again, it's their life. They can live it the way they want. But what ends up happening is we've seen it over and 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 over again that those entertainers and those athletes who splurge like that have a tendency to go broke because they haven't mastered the inner game of wealth. So it's about the outside surface stuff. And then when the hit song isn't there or when you can no longer throw or catch the football or sack the quarterback or when you can no longer shoot the three-pointer or dunk, now you don't have a way to maintain that lifestyle. And now psychologically, that lifestyle will eat, eat on you because you want to maintain the lifestyle without the consciousness of it. And now that your physical attributes or the songs or the whatever aren't working, they're not hitting, now what do you do? So the author says on page 12, imagine a tree. Let's suppose this tree represents the tree of life. On this tree, there are fruits. In life, our fruits are called our results. So we look at the fruits, our results, and we don't like them. They aren't enough of them. They're too small and they don't taste good. So what do we tend to do? Most of us put even more attention and focus on the fruits, our results. But what is it that actually creates those particular fruits? It's the seeds and the roots that create those fruits. It's the seeds and the roots that create those fruits. 
He goes on to say, it's what's underground that creates what's above the ground. It's what's invisible that creates what's visible. So what does that mean? It means that if you want to change the fruits, you will first have to change the roots. If you want to change the visible, you must change the invisible. So in other words, now we're getting into the real metaphysics of it. People are upset and they're frustrated with their results or showing up in life. He's saying it doesn't make a difference how upset you are about your results if you're not willing to plant new seeds, create new roots that will produce a different tree, that will produce different fruits. So either you got to plant new seeds or you got to figure out how to get that tree healthy so it can produce better fruit and more fruit. And what we'll do is we'll keep the same sick, error-filled mind and want to produce different results. But Jesus said, not Galen McDowell, or let me just say, what's attributed to Jesus in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, a good tree can't bear bad fruit. And he also said, a bad tree can't produce good fruit and the fruit from the bad tree and the tree he according to Jesus or what's attributed to Jesus that tree should be cast out and thrown into the fire in other words there is no good use for the bad tree and there are no good uses for the beliefs that keep you in poverty keep you from having the financial success that you desire that will not allow you to do the things for yourself and your family that you want, that will not allow you to support the things that you believe in, any belief, any thought, any feeling that is inconsistent with the truth of who you are needs to be cast out and thrown into the fire. You don't need that tree or those beliefs, and you don't need those fruit, those results. But we get so emotionally attached to people, places, and things that we allow ourselves to get stuck. Moving on. So he goes on to say, on page 13, in every forest, on every farm, in every orchard on earth, it's what's under the ground that creates what's above the ground. That's why placing your attention on the fruits that you already that you have already grown is futile. You cannot change the fruits that are already hanging on the tree. Uh, let me not let me not let you miss that. You cannot change the fruits that are already hanging on the tree. You already have that result. You want different results? Now you got to go back to the roots. You want better health? Go back to the roots. You want more money? Go back to the roots. You want more spiritual growth? Go back to the roots. You want better relationships? Go back to the roots. You want better career? Go back to the roots. He says, however, you can, however, change tomorrow's fruit. But to do so, you will have to dig below the ground and strengthen the roots. So he starts to talk about these quadrants at this point. 
And these quandaries he calls uh, the four quandaries are the physical world, the mental world, the emotional world, and the spiritual world. Now, this is just a framework just to help people understand where he's coming from. The physical world, the mental world, the emotional world, and the spiritual world. So he has a four quadrants. And he has a, uh, when you get the book, you'll see it. I don't want to try to explain it and butcher it. So, because he drew it a certain way so you can see that the mental, emotional, and spiritual show up in the physical. So this is what he says on page 14. What most people never realize is that the physical realm is merely a printout of the other three. Don't miss it. What most people never realize is that the physical realm is merely a printout of the other three. You get what I'm saying? What's showing up in your physical life, world, and affairs is a printout of what's happening at the spiritual, mental, and emotional levels of life. Do you get it? Um, it's sort of like a computer. When you hit print, and he talks about this on this page. You have a document. You created it. Let's say it's an Excel spreadsheet or a Word document. When you hit print, you should not expect the printer to produce something that is inconsistent with what's on your computer screen. It can only print out what you have on that screen. And the screen can only show what you have done. So as you're typing and using the mouse or whatever, and you're creating this document, you can't type dog and the word cat come up on the screen. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So he goes on to say, what's going on here is that the real problem cannot be changed in the printout, the physical world. It can only be changed in the program, the mental, emotional, and spiritual worlds. Money is a result. Wealth is a result. Health is a result. Illness is a result. Your weight is a result. We live in a world of cause and effect. Money is the result. When you look at it from that standpoint, it's the printout. It's the printout of my financial blueprint. Whatever I have or don't have, it's only a printout. So he says on page 15, have you ever heard someone assert that a lack of money was a bit of a problem? Now hear this. A lack of money is never ever a problem. A lack of money is merely a symptom of what is going on underneath. Now that's a radical shift. And I realize that there are people right now that possibly are listening to this or will listen to it later who literally can come up with all of the different things that go on and all of those things can be factually true 
And what I'm saying is, and what this author is saying is, the winds come, the floods came, the winds blew, and the rain fell and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it was built on a rock. It's always going to be outside circumstances. There are always going to be mountains to climb. It's always going to be stuff to overcome. It's called life. But there are people, and if you think hard enough, there are people who, in any situation and circumstance, they make money. All races, men or women, age doesn't matter, they make money. Why? Because they understand what he wrote on page 15. Whatever results you are getting, be they rich or poor, good or bad, positive or negative, always remember that your outer world is is simply a reflection of your inner world. If things aren't going well in your outer life, it's because things aren't going well in your inner life. It's that simple. So we're going to stop there and I'll cover the rest of the book. I mean, that this chapter next week and go from there. So I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.